Welcome to the Upper Room Community Church Podcast. Wherever you are in your journey, we hope that this message will help you grow in your faith and provide practical ways to strengthen your relationships. To find out more, visit us at upperroom.ca. So as I said, we are in, um, in a season of, of Advent. I was thinking about the fact that, um, you know, as I've gotten to know many of you over the last few years, I realized that... Um, I've moved a little bit, but not really that much. Like, I've moved five times in my 43 years. Um, four of those, based, but only four neighborhoods, essentially, because I moved down the street at one point in time. Uh, I lived in Rexdale for about uh, 21 years, where my um, church was 30 yards away, my high school was 100 yards away, and that was sort of my life. Um, 39 of those years I lived in the six, like, as we know, the GTA, and, and so what that meant is even though I've moved, I've never had to learn a new language, well, I, like other than the stuff I was being taught, but I never, like I always lived in the place of my native tongue. Uh, I pretty much knew a lot of the people that I lived around. Neighborhoods were familiar to me. Um, I didn't have to learn to eat sort of different kind of food. I could just sort of choose that. And, uh, and I was thinking about the fact that when you move, you know, moving down the street, uh, is, is a m- modest amount of disruption. You have to rent a truck and, you know, you get, get some friends to help you move. But that's about it. Now, some of you, though, how many of you have moved? So I've lived in the same province. I never moved outside of the province. Traveled different parts of the world, but never moved or lived anywhere. How many of you have lived in different parts of the country? Hands up. Now, keep your hands up if you have lived in another country. Have you lived in another country and had to learn a different language? How many of you had to learn a different language? And so here's the thing, when you move, um, the, the greater the move, the greater the level of disruption in your life, right? And if you've ever had to sort of cross oceans and learn new cultures and eat new food, and if you um, had family with you that had to learn, like be displaced in terms of new schools and uh, maybe finding a new job and figuring out how the world works in terms of like whether it's driver's license or uh, insurance, if there is such a thing where that is and where, and it's not just the like the address and where the school is and where the bank is, it's all of the other stuff, right, that happens especially when you're making a cross-cultural move because you're changing cultures, culture like the way things work around here. And if you've ever had to move, you know that's the hardest part, is trying to get used to the, and you kind of think you know, and then something happens, and you're like, wait, what? And someone says, oh, don't you know? That's not how it works here. So the greater the move, the greater the level of disruption, which means if you're going to make a huge move, the, more, the better reasons you need to do it. Okay, so if you're going to move overseas, it's not because you want a, little more, a few more trees in your neighborhood right? Or we need a slightly bigger driveway, you know, let's move to Southeast Asia. Like, that's not how it works, right? Like, for those moves, you move to a different neighborhood or maybe in the same city, but, but for bigger moves where you are going to deal with an enormous amount of change and disruption and the potential for financial hardship or physical hardship or even failure or rejection, like if you're going to take a job or you go to a new place and the people there don't welcome you, all of that, the stakes are so high. If you're going to do that, the reasons are going to be like, we want a better life for our family. Or I have an opportunity of a lifetime that I can't pass up. Or something is so terrible where we are, in our place, in our country, we have to get out of here. We need, we need, we need to be rescued from where we are. Those are the reasons you make a massive change. And the greater the move, the greater the disruption, 
tells you what it is that you value. What are you moving for? The values is what drives your willingness to deal with hardship, displacement, maybe poverty or difficulty or even rejection by the place you're going. The, the values are going to drive those things. What it is that matters most to you will make that change. And I was thinking about at Christmas time, we actually are rehearsing a story of God being willing to move into our world. And the translation that came to mind, we have different translations of you know, uh, the same passages, is the, the message translation on John chapter one describing how Jesus came. And it's different than some of the birth narratives that we find in the other biographies of Jesus. And this is what he says, John chapter one, about the radical relocation of God. The word was first. The word present to God, God present to the word. The word was God, he's talking about Jesus, in readiness for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into being without him. What came into existence was life and that life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. It's a very poetic description or translation, but I love the phrase, the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. And John, who's writing, was an eyewitness, said we saw him with our own eyes. The word moved into the neighborhood. Christmas is the rehearsing and the remembering of the story of God's radical relocation, leaving one place and moving into another. Moving into, Peterson, Eugene Peterson, who translated this, uses the word neighborhood. And, and I think I love that because it's closeness, the sense into where we live. And what kind of a move was it? Because, because the more we understand what it meant that God moved into the neighborhood, the more it changes the way we see ourselves, which, which all of us need to see ourselves a little more truly and accurately, right, every day, and the more it helps us to, uh, to see God better. Well, John begins saying the word was with God and he created everything. And so it's this description of saying Christ, in a sense, had the perfect home. You know, however you want to describe heaven or what we think heaven as a reality is, it is where at least the biblical description is not streets of gold and people in robes singing or whatever. Otherwise, why would anyone want to go there? The endless choir, right? Some of you are like, no way. It's, it's a description of, of everything as it was meant to be. The perfection of relational harmony and peace and joy and delight and beauty and, and the scriptures say that Jesus brought all of that into being and lived in that place in this perfect union of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. Like there's this sense of community, love, unity, peace, beauty, delight, everything. And this is the place that Jesus moved away from. Into, what kind of neighborhood did Jesus move into? Well, even in the, in the biblical narratives of his, the biographies of his birth, we know he moved into poverty, right? He moved into chaos, where a 16-year-old girl is pregnant with a story saying that it was the Holy Spirit. 
and, and a father who nearly sort of disavowed her and refused to, to raise him. Being displaced as a foreigner when Herod was, kill all, was killing all the babies, they had to leave and flee to Egypt. And then coming back and living subsistence day to day, trying to make it work in one of the most oppressed places on earth that time as the Roman Empire had um, Palestine under its thumb. This is the neighborhood that Jesus chose to move into. And not just poverty, but hardship and rejection by the people he had come to save. People misunderstanding him, his own brothers not even believing who he was. And then eventually being crucified by the ones he had come to save. Thinking that people whose families he had, people he had helped, people he had provided for, people who he had raised the dead, that their relatives were in the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. This is how radical the move of Jesus was from the neighborhood he had into the neighborhood he moved into, into our world. Not only that, it says he, took, he became flesh. In other words, he embraced the limitations of what it means to be human. How oftentimes do we, do we, are we frustrated with our own bodies, the own limitations of our own mind and our heart, whether you're dealing with sickness or you're dealing with mental health challenges or you're dealing with um, you know, things that you're, you're supposed to be meant to do in your job and your school and you just feel like, I can't do this. There's a limitation of being human that Jesus embraced as becoming flesh being tired, being misunderstood, being rejected by the people closest to him. This is how radical, like we talk about displacement, hardship, poverty, rejection, God as he left where he was and moved into the neighborhood, this is how radical the move Jesus made. Now let me ask you this. If you are going to make a move that radical, what does it tell you about the values of God, right? Why did God move into our neighborhood? Why did he leave where he was and move into our place, our neighborhood, where we live? The scriptures tell us God so loved the neighborhood. He so loved the world that he moved in. Think about this. Nobody moves to a place so that they can love the people there. People move for better job opportunities. They move for maybe a bigger house, more political stability. If they're moving and the reason is people, it's the people they're moving away from. <laughs> not the people they're trying to move to. And if there is anything good about the place they're, they're moving, it's so that they hope that those people will help them. That's a better neighborhood. Those are better schools for my kids. There's better job opportunities. Whatever those people are, it'll help me. Nobody leaves something beautiful to go into something terrible simply because they love the people that they're moving in next to. But that's actually the story of Christmas. What it says to me is God is placing an inordinate amount of value on me by his willingness to love me. What does it say to us who live in the neighborhood that God moved in to a rougher part of the town? That God was willing to leave where he was and move into and take on all of the limitations and frustrations, poverty, hardship, and rejection of living in our world. It says, boy, how, how he must really love us. 
It's that kind of love, friends, that's meant to permeate our souls and say, why do I so desperate for everyone else to love me when the king of the universe has said, I moved in because I love you? It says that we are of utmost importance to the one of utmost importance. It is the defining love of our lives. Whether or not we get love from anywhere else, whether or not our love life, our family life, our life stage in any other relationship is the way that we want it to be, the defining relationship of love in our life is that God moved into my neighborhood, your neighborhood, that God came close. But it also says this, it defines for us what love looks like. What does it mean to love people? It means to move in. It means to move towards them. It means to be willing to enter into their lives close enough to deal with chaos, hardship, rejection, poverty, and all of the stuff that human relationships are fraught with. It says this is what love is. It is a kind of radical relocation of the heart that says... I'm not looking at the place that I live, the place that I work, the place that I go to school as things and people that can be used for my advantage, but these are places into which God, the one who radically relocated, has sent me. And what does it mean for my heart to move in to these places? What does it mean to show the world the love of God by the way that we love them? Right? This is what Christmas is actually about, the radical move of God towards us and showing us this is what love is. It's not nice feelings. It's not trying to do a few nice things. It is about being willing to have your heart relocated, to move towards places that could bring you hardship, rejection, poverty, displacement. 